All right, if you guys would uh, turn with me to Colossians 3. Colossians 3, we're going to start in verse 1. I'm excited to uh, get to step out from behind the guitar today and, and, uh, and kind of give you guys a challenge from God's Word this morning. It's, it's fun for me, and so uh, glad to be here with you all today. Jason mentioned this earlier, but today is Mother's Day, in case you missed it or came in late. If there's, if there's one thing that you get out of this talk today... Uh, if you don't listen to anything else, I hope you leave and, and maybe you call your mom. So write that down now, put some stars by it. If you've talked with your mom already this morning and you didn't tell her happy Mother's Day, um, I give you permission to sneak out in the middle of my talk and, and just call her. Uh, there's nothing worse than allowing that, that moment of time to go by. And it seems like from the time you talk to her to the time you re- realize you forgot to tell her, it just gets worse and worse and worse. So I give you permission to, uh, to slip out and, and give, your, give your mom a call, tell her you love her. Let me read this morning from Colossians 3, verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Skip on down to verse 15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Guys, that's one of my favorite verses in scripture because I love the challenge that it is for me to live uh, a godly life, to to walk through life um, with, with an eternal mindset with my priorities straight, living for Christ in light of what he's done for me. And uh, this morning, the reason I've chosen that verse to share with you all, to challenge you all from, is because a lot of us are on the verge of uh, some major life transitions right now. You guys are finishing up finals and, and getting ready to head out somewhere. Uh, I know for, for my wife, Heather, and I, we, are on, uh, we just went through a major transition this is our major transition, all right? Our daughter, Finley Kate Bryant, was born about a week and a half ago, and uh, she has brought us a lot of joy and a lot of sleepless nights. And uh, so if I zone out this morning or spontaneously fall asleep, Patrick, come, come slap me up a little bit. That'd be great. I'd love that. Um, some of you guys, your transition that you're about to go through may not look this drastic, uh, but it's really big. A lot of you guys, this is the biggest transition you've ever gone through. Some of you guys are graduating college and uh, you're going you're gonna to walk the stage next weekend and uh, you're going to move on into the world and, and turn your back forever on higher education. And uh, that's a good thing. So um, a few of you guys are even getting married this summer. Congrats on that. I know, I know a couple of you and I just want to remind you next year, you guys might uh, be here where I am today. So um, Look out for that. It could be a more drastic transition than you think. Um, and a lot of you guys are working this summer. You're working at summer camps. You're, you're working summer jobs. Some of you are working internships. Those are all good things. Some of you guys are taking classes this summer, which I'm glad I never have to do that again, by the way. So I'm sorry if that's you, but 
Stick with it. You guys are going to get ahead. And then there are a few of you who are just going to go home and freeload off your parents this summer and maybe play video games all summer. You know who you are. I'm not going to ask you to to stand up or anything. Um, But regardless of of what your transition in life looks like right now and wherever you're going to go this summer, I think there's one temptation that, that comes to all of us as we walk through times in life like this. At transitional moments, when we finish one big thing, I think the, the temptation for all of us is to just to check out. A lot of you guys are going to work hard. You're going to study for finals. You're going to finish your finals on Wednesday, and you're just going to check out. You're going to get lazy. And there's nothing wrong. There's absolutely nothing wrong with getting rest. That is a good thing, but it's a bad thing when we just check out all together and we get lazy and it's especially bad when, when that applies to our spiritual lives. I know for me personally, um, one of the, the ways I am tempted to check out when I go through big transitions in life like that or when I finish something huge is I just check out spiritually. I think that applies to a lot of us. Our walks with God just go downhill. And so this morning, I want to challenge you all. I want to challenge myself, all of us. That whatever we have going on this summer, whatever our transition in life looks like right now, don't check out spiritually. Don't waste your summer. Keep walking with God throughout the summer. And I'd love to share with you guys a a few really basic principles this morning on making your summer count, on walking through the summer well and keeping your walk with God alive. The first thing is, I just want to challenge you, stay firmly rooted in the word. As we read uh, Colossians 3 and verse 1 and 2, it says, if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, or literally keep seeking the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. And this passage says a lot about where our mindset is, setting our minds on heavenly things, on on things that are above, not dwelling only in the earthly. And... uh, I think the question that comes to our minds as we read that is, how do we do that? How do we daily set our minds on things that are eternal? How do we turn our primary focus from the temporary stuff of this earth to that which will last for eternity? I think one of the primary ways that we do that is through the word of God. Paul closes this little section, 1 through 17. In verse 16, he says, let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. And I love the imagery here because it's really similar to the way he starts in verses one and two. He says, set your minds on things that are above. Literally, let your minds be permeated with eternal truths. And then he ends it, caps it off in verse 16 by saying, literally, let, let the word of Christ dwell in you. Let the word of Christ permeate your lives. So how do we do this? I think that we just spend time in the word daily. We allow ourselves to meditate on the word throughout the day. And that's, that's my challenge to you all. Um, I love this verse in Psalm 119. It says, oh, how I love your law, David says. It's my meditation all the day. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Guys, do you have that kind of view of the word? Is it, is it your lifeline? Is it your path? Is it food to you? Is it uh, a sustaining source of life for you daily? I know that oftentimes I don't have that view of the word. There are tons of things that compete for my affections and my attention, but we can't let those things diminish the value and the beauty and the importance of the word of God in our lives. All of our plans, 
all the plans that you have for your future, all the decisions that you have coming up, everything in your lives should be filtered through the word of God. So first and foremost, that's what I want to challenge you guys with. Stay firmly rooted in the truth. Let it be a guiding light to your path. Let it be the compass that directs you in everything that you do this summer and what's ahead for you. Well, as we approach the word of God, we come to it, we read it, and a lot of times we, we hold our lives up to the light of truth. We compare ourselves with the light of truth that we're reading. And sometimes as we do that, uh, unfortunately, I know for me, my life doesn't measure up. A lot of times I, I, I realize that I am not living consistently with what God wants for my life. And in those times, that's when we need to, to pull back and we need to ask God to give us soft hearts toward our sin. We need to turn from our sin, flee temptation. We need to pursue holiness. Year after year, guys, I think one of the, the, the primary ways that college students stumble during the summer is in the area of sexual purity. I don't know what the reason for that is. It may just be you go home and you're bored and, and you, you have this time of idleness or maybe you get around friends that just aren't good for you and they, they suck you into patterns that you were in in high school. Maybe, maybe you go back and you get into these uh, old habits of just partying and drinking and that's, that was your lifestyle then and you get around these friends that, that, that just bring you down. And to these issues, Paul says in verse 5, Colossians 3, verse 5, he says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And Paul mentions other things that we are tempted by. He mentions anger, greed, gossip, just foul language. And he says, flee those things. In verse 10, he says, You've put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Why would you turn to those things? You need to flee them. And not only does Paul tell us to flee those things, he tells us to pursue something else. See, it's not enough just to stop doing this one thing. All that amounts to is just a a joyless moralism or a joyless uh, legalism. We have to replace those things with something better. And that's why Paul tells us over and over again, pursue Christ, pursue Christ's likeness, pursue sanctification, pursue holiness. I love how he words it in 2 Timothy 2. He says, flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with all those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. I love that passage because not only does it uh, encapsulate that idea of turning from something, pursuing something else, but it also says we can't do it alone. We need to do that along with other believers in community, in the context of community. That's where we pursue holiness. And that leads to the third point. This summer, my challenge to you guys is maintain deep Christian, deep, meaningful Christian community. In, in verses 13 through 15, Paul, Paul says a lot about community. He says things like, bear with one another, forgive each other, be bound together in love, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts as one body. And then in verse 16, which we looked at briefly, he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Everything that Paul writes in this section, verses 1 through 17, everything in there, Paul is intending for those things to be done in the context of community. Studying the word of God should be done in the context of community. Growth in the word is primarily a community endeavor. It's not primarily an individual effort. Throughout history, uh, 
we've come up with some pretty strange interpretations of Scripture when left to our own. We need each other. We need each other to grow in the Word, to study the Word. Beyond that, pursuing holiness is, is always done in community. We need each other to hold us accountable. We need people to call us out when we're wrong. We need people to encourage us when we're right. We need others to help us pursue holiness. If you've been with us this semester, we've studied Hebrews. This is one of my favorite passages in Hebrews. It speaks on this. It says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So not only is it a good thing to walk and pursue holiness in the context of community, it's a command of God. We're not supposed to live alone. My challenge to you guys this summer is to find somewhere, find some people that you can surround yourself with that will challenge you. And uh, honestly, I think that's going to be one of the most important things you do this summer for some of you, it's going to be really easy. Uh, you've already had that support structure when you go back or wherever you're going. You know some people that can really challenge you. For others of you, it's going to be really hard. And uh, my encouragement to you is stick with it. Pursue that even if it's uncomfortable. And at the very least, my challenge to you is to pray and ask God to provide that community. Even if it's just one or two people that can be your lifeline, that can spur you on and challenge you this summer. Guys, don't try to go it alone. Uh, honestly, this, um, it's just going to be me and Jesus mentality. It only works for a short period of time, and then we burn out, and then we crash. We are meant to live in community. So maintain deep Christian community. Display Christ in actions and in words. That's the fourth challenge. Verse 17, it says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This verse is essentially Paul's summary statement for what he said in verses 1 through 16. He's saying everything, in everything you do, bear witness to Christ. Uh, literally when he says, um, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, what that means is do everything under the authority of Jesus Christ and do everything as representatives of Christ. It's the same thing as when a country's ambassador goes to a foreign land. They try to represent their home country in the way they act, in the words that they speak, everything that they do is to represent their home country well. In fact, Paul uses that same language. He tells us that we are ambassadors of God and Christ, as if God were making an appeal through us to the world, be reconciled to God. We are his ambassadors. An illustration of this, uh, it's not a good one, but I've, I've spent a lot of time overseas. Um, the other half of my job is not just worship, but missions. And, uh, as Heather and I have traveled around the world, um, we've been with a lot of groups, and uh, most of the groups we're with are great travelers. They're, they're great people. We love it. There was this one particular group that we went with, and I'll never forget, we're, um, we're in Italy, and we're on a tram traveling through the, the city from point A to point B, and uh, somebody in our group, um, I don't know why, but he, he decided that it'd be a good idea to just start hanging upside down from, from the handrail that people are putting their hands on. He decided it'd be a good idea to hang upside down. And then I look over and he's making monkey noises and, uh, you know, just completely acting like an idiot on this tram. And, and I looked around just to see what the locals' reaction were. And, um, they didn't think it was that funny. Honestly, they're, they're kind of staring at him and shaking their head and glaring. And, and, and I know that they just, they're just thinking, man, all Americans are just idiots. Look at them. That's how they act. They're monkeys. And, uh, 
I mean, honestly, could you imagine in that moment what it would have been like if we had turned around in that moment and tried to share the gospel with some of these people or tried to build relationships with some of these people? They would want nothing to do with us. They would think we're the biggest fools in the world. And uh, in the same way, our goal as Christians is to accurately reflect Jesus Christ in the way that we live our lives so that we have a platform by which to share truth, by which to share the gospel with our words, share the love of Christ with our words. Colossians 4, 5 through 6, same book. Paul says, walk in wisdom toward outsiders or non-believers, making the best use of the time. Those are the, that's the actions part. And then he says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. That's the words part. Literally, we are, we are supposed to do both. We're not supposed to do one or just one or the other. And I challenge you to you guys this summer it's to display, display Christ in the way you live your lives and to seek out, actively pursue those opportunities to share the gospel with your words, with those who don't know him. After all, ambassadors, any ambassador, whether you're a Christian ambassador, an ambassador for a government, whatever, any ambassador not only lives consistently with what he wants people to think about the person he represents or the country he represents, but he speaks well and he speaks often of the one he represents. So share the gospel in deed and in word. And then my final challenge to you guys is to uh, have a plan and stick with it. That sounds really basic, right? But uh, if you go back to what I just read, four or five, Paul says, make the best use of your time. In other translations, he says, make the most of your time. In other words, exhaust all the possibilities that are there. Don't waste your time. Time is, is the, it's one of the only commodities that we can't get back. So let's redeem the time. Let's make it count for something. An illustration, another illustration is, I like travel illustrations if you can't tell, but uh, Heather and I were in Germany this time and we're, we have a 12 hour layover in Germany, right? And we're at the, the airport and uh, we don't want to sit there for 12 hours. Germany airport's not that exciting. And so we decide that um, we're going to take a train into the city and just kind of walk around and see what we can find. And, you know, maybe it'll be a little more exciting. Well, we get on the train, we go into downtown and uh, we can't really find anything to do. So what we end up doing literally all day is just walking around shopping in in stores that they have in America. And then we find ourselves at a Starbucks. I mean, I felt pretty silly sitting in a Starbucks in Germany, you know, when I could do that easily in America. And the problem with that was we didn't map out. We didn't have a plan. We didn't map out anything. So we just wandered around aimlessly. And we literally wasted our time for 12 hours in downtown Germany, downtown Frankfurt. And um, when we got back, we realized, we kind of did some research and we were like, see what we missed. And so we started looking and, and just seeing all these things that are, there are to do even within 15 minutes from, from there, from downtown. And man, we missed out on a ton. There's a lot of history. There are a lot of things that we could have experienced together. We could have gotten some great pictures, told some great stories, but, um, we went shopping and, and, and sat at a Starbucks. And, uh, if you don't have a plan, guys, you're going to waste your summer. If you don't have a plan in place, if you don't know where you're headed and have the map of how to get there planned out, you're going to waste your time. You're going to miss out on what God wants for you this summer, what he wants to do in you and through you. My challenge to you all is not just to, to have a plan, not just to map it out, but to stick with it. Paul says in Colossians 3, 1 and 2, he says things like, set your mind, keep seeking the things that are above all those things are active 
things. They're, they're active exercises of our will and our determination. They're not passive things that we do. And so my challenge as you, as you, as you make this plan of action, it's not going to be automatic just that you make that plan and you automatically stick with it. You're going to have to exercise your will and determination as you go through the summer. Um, the spiritual life growth and spiritual maturity is never automatic. It's never passive. It always takes effort. It always takes us putting our energy and time into it. My encouragement to you is even today, maybe after you call your mom to tell her happy Mother's Day, sit down for 30 minutes and write out a plan of action based on, on, on the points that we have up there. Write out a plan of action for how you're going to stay in the word. Write out a plan of action for the things that you want to stay away from and flee and the ways in which you want to pursue holiness. Write out how you want to seek out community, how you're going to do that. Write some notes about how you want to display Christ in your actions and words. Maybe, maybe list some people that you want to share the gospel with this summer. Have your plan and then stick with it. This morning, uh, really that's what I want to do is just challenge you with that. I know those are some basic principles, but guys, stick with it. Uh, don't check out the summer spiritually. Walk with the Lord well. And uh, it would be awesome to, to talk with each and every one of you when you get back and, and hear that you've had just a, a great summer no matter what you've done. Or to hear back from some of you guys who've graduated and hear that things are going well, that you're staying strong, that you're walking with the Lord. That's our heart's desire for you is that you would continually honor him as you walk through the summer or walk into the next thing that you're doing. And this morning, we have an opportunity to hear from some graduating seniors, some people who we, we've watched walk through college and we've seen them do it well. We've seen them walk with the Lord well and get involved in community, stay in the word, all these things. And uh, we wanted to give them a chance this morning just to, to share with you all, to encourage you all, to, to kind of tell you some things that they've learned through their time here. And uh, I hope this is encouraging to you, but uh, Britton, why don't you come up and share, man? Howdy. I'm just going to kind of share with you kind of what God's done through my life. When I first came to college, basically my goal was to be the most awesome person ever, just because, <laughs> well, I mean, I wanted to make sure that my life like really had meaning behind it, so I figured the best way to do that was just to be awesome. <laughs> so I picked an awesome major, electrical engineering. Uh, <laughs> I worked really hard and got, you know, that good 4.0 first semester, had the grades. Um, in high school, I was kind of shy, so when I came to college, I just really uh, just became outgoing and just made as many friends as I could, just so I could say I had, you know, a ton of friends. I became the president of my dorm. Well, yeah, not a big deal, but it was, it was something. Uh, <laughs> got involved in uh, just different organizations. It kind of had pretty much everything I'd aimed to do. You know, had it down. You know, I was also... I'm the good person, Mark. I was volunteering at things. I, I went to church. And I, every now and then I'd you know, crack open the Bible just to you know, get that one in. Um, but then uh, throughout my whole freshman year, I just couldn't understand why, but I just still get depressed at night. Um, just struggled a lot with uh, still meaning in my life. Uh, sophomore year came around. I just really realized that if I hadn't had my... Like, if I had just disappeared my freshman year, I was like, what really would have changed? You know, no one... Um, Anything that I did or accomplished would have been accomplished by someone else. For myself, I would know a little bit less engineering, but that's not a huge deal. So, like, that really just started weighing on me. I was like, is my whole last year of my life completely worthless, even though I did, like, all this stuff? And then uh, I also realized that um, I'd become a really arrogant jerk because I had, you know, I thought, like, I mean, look, I've got this down, i got this. I mean, psh, 
I am the stuff. Come on. Uh, but that just really, like, weighed on me a lot. I just really, really got in some pretty deep depression just because it seemed like everything I did was ultimately meaningless. And on top of that, I wasn't just without meaning. I was actually, like, negatively affecting people because I was an arrogant jerk. Uh, so then one night I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Like, there's got to be some way to live life. We're not just constantly depressed and in despair. Like, this sucks. And then uh, I just remembered uh, I was raised in a Christian household. Um, something I was told once that my life should be focused on God. And I was like, well, that's not me. I'm like, like making myself awesome, friends, school, and God's like out here on the side. Uh, so I decided I'd try doing that. So I prayed. I was like, hey, God, can you help me focus myself on you? I don't know what that means, but I'll give it a shot because it's better than this. Uh, and God had the grace just kind of through the rest of my sophomore year. He kind of started letting me learn a little more about it. But what was really cool is one night, I was, it was a Saturday night, I was finishing out my, uh, to get my security clearance because I was going to do an uh, internship with the NSA because I figured Jack Bauer is awesome. I want to be awesome. That's, uh, <clears throat> and I just was struck by this thought. I was like, I need to pray to God. So I was like, God, I'm trying to focus on you. I don't know if this is what you want me to be doing. I never asked you about it. But if there's something else you'd rather have me doing, let me know, and I'll do it. Like, amen. So it was Saturday night. I went to bed. Um, I got up the next morning, came here. It was Mission Sunday at Grace. So I was like, yeah, that's interesting. Um, and then this guy that I, I didn't really know, his name's Peter Nystrom, um, sees me from across the room afterwards and just, like, beelines it towards me. And he goes, hey, Britton, they really need guys to go to so you should go. For summer project. I was like, okay. I, yeah, all right. Um, so I went, and that summer was just huge. That was the first time I, I had to share my faith with other people, so I really started learning the gospel. And I came to realize uh, just that my worth did not depend on me at all, but on God's love for me. And that even though I didn't have anything to offer, because everything I did just seemed to fall on the ground and do nothing, but I had nothing to offer to God, but God still loved me, and that, not only that, but I could be in a relationship with God by knowing Christ. If I just accepted Christ's sacrifice, then God, like, took away all of my being an arrogant jerk guilt. Um, He just put me in a relationship with him, Uh, and not only that, but there was hope for me to not always be a jerk, which was something I was seriously afraid of, because I would keep trying not to be, and then look back, and like, well, dang, I did it again. Uh, but that threw his spirit in me that there was hope in that. And not only that, but also the things I did didn't have to be worthless because if I pursued God, then he would give me his spirit and I could do things that had real eternal significance and worth. And uh, all that happened over Summer Project. That was just huge. Um, it was really awesome. So I came back, really started trying to follow God more and just kept learning more about him. Um, you know, I still like struggled and failed a lot, but it's really good just having... Uh, scripture there to whenever I was like, ah, man, this is just, this is way too good to be true. There is no way I can actually, like, be in God's good graces. And then I'd, like, flip open the Bible and it'll say right there, Jesus saying, whoever believes in me has eternal life. And I was like, oh, well, I'm, it says it right there, so I guess it's true. <laughs> so next year, I'll be uh, going off to our location to spend a year just sharing the gospel with Muslim college students. So I'm really excited about that. And uh, I'll still just give some advice that I've found helpful in my life, which would mainly be 
Uh, I found four things. Pray, uh, like all the time, just as you're going along, just be talking to God. Be like, God, thanks. This is an awesome day. And God, I don't know what to do here. Help me. And then also, like, set aside time where you're just, like, praying and meditating on God. That's made a huge difference to me. It just really helps. Well, God answers prayer, so you get to see him doing that, which just really helps your faith because you're like, well, I know God that other time when I prayed answered that really clearly. So this time I have some good faith he's going to do that too. Uh, then also spending time in the word, like really looking so that you have like solid verses so that when you start being lied to, like, dude, Britain, look at you. You are just still incredibly messed up. There's no way you can have God's love. There's no way you can be effective for God. But I can go back and look at these verses because I've studied the Bible some. You're like, oh, nope. It says right here, that's a lie. So, nope, not a problem anymore. And a good way to do that, by the way, Grace Bible Studies really helped me learning how to study the Bible. It's also a good place to like get in community. And finally, I think one of the a huge thing that really developed my faith and just helped me grow in Christ was just sharing with others, uh, doing evangelism with friends and with just random people on the street. And that's, I think, something that's really, really vital to growth. Like, I don't think you can develop as a Christian like you should if you're not sharing your faith. It's also something we're commanded to do. So I think that's huge. And a good way to start that is uh, going on summer projects. Just, just saying, awesome experience. You'll grow a lot, have time in the Word, get some good community. You know, be forced to share your faith in a place where it's not quite so scary because you don't really know the people and you're going to be gone in a week anyway. Uh, and just as a side note, if you go to... I'll be there. So, <laughs> anyway, that's me. Hey, y'all. Um, my name is Kaylee, and um, I graduated in December, but I'm here still. So, yeah, I'm lame, but whatever. Um, okay, so <laughs> I came to college as a transfer student. I was a sophomore, and um, no idea how I got to Texas A&M being from Austin. Um, yeah, insert hiss there, you know. Um, so I came to Texas A&M not knowing anyone, and um, for some reason thought that the Lord might want me here. I wasn't following the Lord at all in high school. Beginning of college, I um, was in a really bad relationship with someone, and that broke off, and I was like, fine, I'm going to move someplace completely different and just start my life over again. So I decided to come to Texas A&M, <laughs> and um, yeah, I know, best choice of my life. So um, <laughs> immediately I decided I was going to need to get into a Bible study. So I Came to Grace, um, you know, loved it here. So I got involved, um, started, you know, hanging out with people my own age who were going through things um, that I was going through. Started meeting with girls who had a better walk with the Lord than I did, and I wanted to be like them. That's one of the biggest things that I can say to do is to surround yourself with people you want to be like. Surround yourself with people who you admire, and their walks with the Lord are just something that you eventually want to have. So I had a whole plan laid out for my life. I was going to be engaged by the time I was a senior, and I was going to be an intern at Grace, and I was going to go to seminary and be a biblical counselor. So going into my senior year, I had all of that planned out. I was leading fellowship team at Grace, and I loved it. I was, like, so excited to be an intern. Oh, my goodness, it was going to be amazing. The, the single part didn't really, whatever. I was still single, so whatever. Um, so... <laughs> I graduate from college, I realize I have a ton of student loan debt, and I'm like, man, how can I do this and still be living off of support? 
I can do it. The, the Lord wants me at grace. That's, that's what he told me. He wants me at grace. I'm still going to be here. So um, a little while later, I'm like, okay, well, I'm spring semester. I need to make money somehow. So um, I apply for a job at Apple Computers um, or Macintosh, whatever, thinking, I, yeah, right, like, like I would get that job. Well, I work for Apple now. Um, so I got the job. <laughs> and um, I love working there. It's awesome. But I realized that as I was praying, struggling with Lord, why would you give me this awesome job if you want me to be an intern at Grace? You know, like, why would you be taking away this community of believers from me and, like, making me move to Austin, be away from everyone I love? Why would you be doing this to me? And I realized that the Lord wasn't taking the internship away from me. He was providing for me through this job. He was giving me the provision I needed financially to be able to pay my student loan debt off and still live, basically. So um, I guess the main thing right now is that um, I'm single. I work for Apple. I'm not an intern at Grace. And seminary may not happen for me, but hey, I'm here. I'm still living. And so I guess the main points that I would tell y'all is to get involved in college. Get involved into a community of believers who are going to strengthen your walk. Like Jamie said, you can't walk alone. The Lord, your walk with the Lord doesn't happen on its own. You have to make an effort to walk with the Lord and to grow with the Lord. So, and then my last thing is just to hold everything loosely. I mean, I had my whole life planned out for me, like from the, I just had my whole life planned out for me. And I'm not doing anything that I thought I was going to be doing my sophomore year of college. But hey, I am so happy right now because I know that everything I'm doing is for the Lord and I'm working for the Lord. I'm doing everything according to what I think that, he wants me to do, and I know that his plan is better than mine. Like, who am I to say that, oh, yeah, Lord, whatever, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm just going to do my own thing. Creator of the universe, guys, listen to him. He's awesome. Um, but anyway, I guess that's it, so, yeah. Thanks, guys. You know, a lot of these things seem so basic, and they seem so simple. Uh, I mean, Read your Bible and pray, um, pursue holiness, stay in local community, be a representative of Christ. This sounds so basic, and a lot of times we, we think of those things, it sounds so trite. And, but guys, like, I hope you're, what, what you're hearing from these testimonies is those things have been, been these Britain and, and Kaylee's lifeline. They've, they've been my lifeline. That's, these things really do matter. They are so important. So I want to challenge you all to, to stick with it this summer. Don't check out spiritually wherever you're going. And uh, there, as, as we send you guys out today, um, there are a couple groups that I'd love to just pray for. And uh, if you're a, you're a graduating senior, I'd love to just have you, have you stand right now. Or if you graduated in December, like, hey, that'd be great. All right. Let me, let me just pray for you. And if you're a, if you're a friend of, of one of these people, why don't you just go up and just lay a hand on their shoulder. And um, we're just going to take, take a minute to, to pray for these guys. All right. Father, I, I thank you for each and every senior that's standing right now that's going to graduate either next weekend or maybe at the end of the summer or maybe already did in December, Lord. I just praise you for their, their lives. I praise you for bringing them through their time at A&M or Blinn, just bringing them through a, a time of college that can often be challenging and, and uh, exhausting. Father, I thank you for giving them the energy to do this and do it well and stick with it. And I thank you that that, that time and energy and effort that's been poured into that is paying off 
we rejoice with them, Father, as they graduate, as they uh, get their diploma. It's, I know it's hard-earned, God, and, and I pray, Lord, that as they receive that diploma in their hand, that they would, they would just receive it and give honor and glory and credit to you because you alone are deserving of that. And Father, I pray for, for them, whatever they do next, uh, some of them, God, are going off to, to new jobs. And I pray, Father, that they would continue to walk with you in those jobs, God. And I pray that they would find like-minded believers that can encourage them and challenge them. Lord, I pray that they'd be lights for you in the workplace. And Father, for those who are graduating and don't know what they're going to do yet, I pray that you would give them an extra measure of your peace and trust, uh, knowing that you know what's ahead for them, that they would just be, be led by you, that they would rely on you to lead them where you want them to be, God. And uh, Father, I, I just thank you for these seniors' time here in our ministry, God. It's, it's been a privilege to get to know them and, and to uh, do community with them. Lord, I pray that they, they know how loved and supported they are by, by us as a church as they go out. God, we love you. I ask that you would just uh, do great things in and through these graduating seniors as they go out from here. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, you can have a seat. Uh, Britton and, and Kaylee both mentioned this, but we, we do uh, summer projects here at Grace. Each year we, we send teams to Greece, Asia, and uh, trade winds. And uh, this year we're sending about 40 students overseas. And uh, I'd like to just take a moment to send you guys out. If you, if you would, if you're going on one of those trips, go ahead and stand up. Or if you're going on any mission trip or even working at a summer camp this summer, love for you guys to stand up. Anybody going anywhere, basically, to share the gospel. So, all right. Should be all of us, right? Uh, let me just pray for you guys, okay? Uh, Father, I thank you for these men and women who are standing now. Um, I thank you that they have responded to the great commission to go into the world and, and make disciples, uh, sharing the gospel and pouring into the lives of people. I thank you that they've responded to uh, the great commandment to love others as they love themselves. And I pray that as they go out, as they interact with people um, uh, who don't know you, that they would just have compassion and love that could only come for, from you for the people that they're talking with, God. I pray that you would just open the door wide for the gospel to go out through these men and women. Um, Father, many of them are, are raising support, raising the funds to go overseas. I pray that you would provide for them, provide for them quickly. I pray, Lord, that you would just prepare them as they head into this opportunity uh, to share the gospel and pour into the lives of others. God, thank you for them. Thank you that they have given of their summer to invest in others' lives for eternity. Use them powerfully, God. Fill them with your spirit as we send them out from here. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, well, we love you all, and uh, we are thankful for each and every one of you, thankful that you are part of this ministry, and um, we're excited to see what, what God has for you this summer. I'm excited to, to hear about your stories when you get back and just hear how God has worked in your lives. And uh, let me just close this in prayer and pray for you guys as you go out this summer. Father, may we keep you first and foremost in our lives as we go out from here this morning. Lord, I, I just pray for these students as they, uh, many of them are finishing up finals. I pray that you would just help them to work hard over the next few days as they study, as they finish up papers. Um, God, I pray that you would just encourage them through that time and, and, and that they would do well. 
Um, and Lord, I, I just pray as we go out from here, as we leave for the semester, Lord, protect us from idleness, protect us from laziness and checking out spiritually. God, there's no more important thing that we could do than to walk with Christ, to keep him first, to seek after him first. And I, I pray that you would help us to, to keep seeking the things that are of eternal value above anything else in this life. I pray that we'd stay rooted in your word, that we'd find community, that we would seek after holiness. God, and I pray that we would all leave this place and be ambassadors for you wherever we're going, that Christ may be seen in us and that we may have opportunity to tell them the wonderful news of Christ dying for our sins and being raised from the dead so that all we have to do is believe in the gift of eternal life that you offer us through him. Father, uh, thank you for the gospel and how it changes us. And I pray that we'd be changed by it as we leave from this place. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, you were dismissed. Have a good summer, guys.